This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Dale, what you reading? Uh, the Family Handyman. Oh, Family Handyman. Yeah, that's great. I was just reading Spanish for dummies. Really? Yeah, you know, because Daniel Suarez is going to be here. Aquí. Yeah. Today. I got you. Can you speak any Spanish? Uh, no, probably. I mean, you know, I, probably not. Un poco? Un no. poquito? What is that? A little bit? A little bit? See. Si. Like, uh, you guys ride bikes together, right? Bicicletas? That's bicycle? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Really? How about... Yeah, he, he may enjoy this. Biblioteca? You know what that one is? Library. Oh, okay. That's awesome. You know all that. See. Si. See, porque Daniel es mi buen amigo. <laughs> Let's start the show. Welcome to Wednesdays with Dale Jr. here at the Big Oak Table at NBC Sports Charlotte. I'm Rutledge Wood here with Dale Earnhardt Jr., Hall of Famer Dale Jarrett, and today's very special guest, Mr. Daniel Suarez. Daniel, welcome. Thank mi you. Mi buen amigo. Thank you, amigo. I th you, we spent some time in Mexico. I'd say my Spanish is not, it's not good, but it's not terrible, right? You know, I, I always enjoy um, people like you that is trying hard to speak yeah. Spanish because the accent, I think my <laughs> English accent, that's the same way the way that you guys think about my English is the, is the same way that I think about your Spanish. You know, it's, it's funny. Like, the way you say it, it just made me laugh. But it's good, man. Right, I like try it. it. I like it. Try. We had a great time now that you just, you spent uh, a week in, in Mexico for your off week. Tell us all about it. How was it? It was a lot of fun. Uh, I just, I just enjoy a lot to spend time with, uh, first of all, with, with family. Uh, obviously, I don't get to see my family very often. Uh, family, friends, in the shop. In, with all cars and uh, go cars, you know these four things is must do things uh, that uh, that I have when I go to Mexico. Uh, right there, actually, I'm welding something uh, in the shop and then testing go cars in the new racetrack. Uh, now that's not the track that, that <laughs> Kyle Petty and I went to with you. Just doing some donuts in the shop. Yeah, some donuts in the shop. Something that actually happened and we didn't video this is that my dad say. Then, yeah, that was very cool, but now you have to clean the floor. <laughs> so, <laughs> so after that happened, he said he he, he brought some fuel mm -hmm. and some you know rags, rags and, and stuff. And he said, went. okay, now you have fun, right? Now go ahead and clean it. <laughs> I mean, it's it's such a cool thing, and I know you guys didn't get to to go down there to to Monterey and see, but your dad's shop and 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 really how you got into cars was was always his love. Of not just vintage cars, but but specifically worked a ton on Volkswagens. Is that where your love of car really came from? Yeah, pretty much. So my, my father, uh, as as you guys know, he he doesn't come from racing. So he had a restoration shop back even before I was born, and uh, and then obviously I was born. And uh, since I was a baby, I was in the shop uh, working with cars and having a good time with my father. And then I start growing and. 
you know, the first thing I wanted it was to work in cars and to have a car, just to build it in the shop. And I was 10 years old and I was already driving bills and, and, and I had my own car. And then I was super excited fixing, fixing what I thought was my own car. And then my dad was telling me, hey, Daniel, I need some money, man, and we have to sell the car. I said, man. So he was selling the car and then he was giving me another one. And then, you know, that was a process. And, uh, you know, and eventually I started racing and things started to to get more difficult and he had to, to, to sold, he, he sold the shop maybe around eight to nine years ago. And, um, you know, things started to go, to go well. And, and luckily I had the opportunity to, to put the shop back together with him just a few years ago. So right now it's obviously very cool that the shop is, uh, is bigger and nicer and, and uh, it's, uh, it's, you know, fire and sun thing. So it's, it's always a lot of fun to, for me to go there and, and see him enjoy what, what I know that he likes. And, and obviously in my off time, I do as well. Every time I see you on social media, it seems like you're driving a different Volkswagen Beetle or a van. <laughs> How many of these cars do you got? So here in the U.S., I have six. I have six, but, uh, but one of them doesn't work. You know, that, the one that doesn't work. Of it's course. A, that one actually came from Belgium, um, and uh, that one is a very good project. It's a very early Beetle. It's a 1951. Oh. Those are very rare because the, the back window is very little, and it's a split in the in the in the center. So it's, it's a very rare car. My amigo here, he knows about that. He's, oh yeah. He's, he's, he's a. A bit of a guy as well. well. You know, Daniel's one of those guys you can, he's the kind of guy you could reach out to and say, yeah. hey, like, it seems like a guy that if you were looking at a Beetle, you'd reach out and say, hey, help me out. Is this car worth buying? Yeah. Is this, uh, is yeah. this a car that, that I kind should of be guy. like the man to know about that? Yeah. But he's also like, we we follow similar people. And so well, some days I'll say, like, hey, have you seen this bus or have you seen yeah. that car? So I did that. I was like, uh, I was in the, I was, I didn't really, I wasn't in the process of buying a car, but I saw this Volkswagen on eBay. And I had all these pictures of it, and I was like, Daniel is the guy, right? right. Daniel's the Volkswagen guy in my, <laughs> in my world. Dumb yeah. white walls. Yeah. And a it's a good-looking car. Beautiful ride. And, but it's, it's kind of pricey, and I was like, oh, Daniel would be able to tell me whether mm. I should buy this thing. And uh, so I sent all these pictures to Daniel, and I said, Daniel, I'm thinking about buying this car. What do you think? And he's like, ah, it's a good car. And that's it? I was like, I, Daniel. That one's it? Yes. <laughs> that's all you said? I can't remember, to be honest. <laughs> I was like, man, I was looking for some more help, right? <laughs> no, but I think that was that was a late, that was a super beetle. Yeah, it was a super beetle. So I I think I told you, hey, if you're gonna spend that amount of money, let's try to find something older. The you know? standard, there yeah, the standard. Right. Yeah. But what's funny is like you're not just. I, I know you have a lot of VWs, but also like your your love of Toyotas and all things cars, like whether it's messing with your Tundra or the GSF that you just dumped and put coilovers on. Like I hope people understand that your whole life revolves around cars and its ability to do fun things in your life. You know, I'm a car guy, all kind of cars. You know, it happened that I grew up with, uh, with uh, uh, Beatles and bosses with my father, so I got in love with those since I was very little. I still have my, my very first Beetle, the one that I wore, the one that I had in <laughs> high school, and I saved that car you know, as my baby, and I have that one in Mexico, and I'm, I have good plans on that one. But like you say, I mean, we we fixed some cameras last year to go to the SEMA show, mm -hmm. and I, I can't wait to get a car to drive it here. And, and as well, I have a, my, my daily drive, it's a Lexus a GSF, and my friend from Toyota, they gave me some cool suspension and uh, exhaust and, and some other stuff, and, and I just like it to have the car that I like, you know, to, to 
to sit in the car and enjoy it, and, uh, and, and to have a car that is different. So I just, my mom always makes fun of me because she said, hey, Daniel, you just can't have a car normal. Mm -hmm. why, why you can't, why you can't, just leave it alone. Just leave it alone. All, all four yeah. of us have that same yeah. problem. But I was going to say now, okay, so Dale Jr. texts you about this and wants an answer and wants your help. You know, a lot of times we can say, look, I had a bigger name on the other line. <laughs> I'm not sure you can say I know you know well, some important people mm -hmm. and big people. I'm not sure you can say there's a bigger name than well, Dale Jr. Honestly, I can't, remember, I can't remember what exactly I said, but I remember that I, I'm saying, I was saying to you, hey, Dale, for that amount of money. I think you thought it was too much money. Yeah, let, yeah. let's try to find something, yeah. mm -hmm. something else. And then I asked him, hey, are you looking to buy one? He said, no, not really. Like, I'm looking, but not really. <laughs> He's basically like, I'm okay. bored on yeah. eBay. Dude, I get on eBay and you're looking at those cars and you're like, man, that's nice. I didn't even know. I don't even know I was looking for a Volkswagen, mm -hmm. but that one, it's I a, might. It's a slippery slope. I'll send this to my buddy and see what he thinks. <laughs> Shuts you down. You, do you own a thing? Have you ever had a Volkswagen yeah, thing? I had, I had one. Is Honestly, that, I don't know if you know this, I, but uh, those things are, are Mexican. Oh, really? Every single thing in the world is made in Mexico. So yeah. so in Mexico, those things are pretty, are pretty common. Oh, okay. Um, and those things are ugly. <laughs> yeah, they are. I think they're I owned, ugly. <laughs> I owned one for like three or four years and uh, had it at a vacation house, and I just sold it. But uh, I couldn't keep the thing running. The heat, was too, the heat don't, it didn't like the heat down in Florida. <laughs> My dad always makes fun of those things because, because he said, man, that thing is a square. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, it, it has no, no style. He said, man, you can tell right away that that thing is made in Mexico. It's <laughs> all like that. All, just on the side. put together. Yeah. I don't know if these guys know the, the amount of time that it took you to, to start racing in Mexico and then find your way here, it, you know, what, what's, what are sort of the cliff notes of, of your racing background that got you from racing go-karts and then sneaking into to bug races when you were two or three years younger than everybody else and winning? Yeah. How did that jump happen? So, uh, you know, I've been racing go-karts my entire life. I still, I still do that right now. Uh, but when you say you still do it, you still go compete. I I compete in Brazil last December. Wow! And uh, the last race actually I did in Mexico has been like a couple of years ago. Yeah. I'm the kind of guy that I don't I don't like to. Every time I go to Mexico to test, just like in that video last week, everyone is trying to beat me. Right? Yeah. Everyone is trying to be faster than me. Yeah, yeah, I'm the target. <laughs> So the last time I raced, I remember that they gave me a, a brand new car and I knew I, I was gonna have a good shot to, to win the race. And that was like a couple of years ago. And I went, I, I went to the race and I, I won it. Uh, but uh, well, I haven't raced since then. And I just got to Brazil to do a very fun race that is 12 hours. Those go-karts are very, very demanding. Right. You don't have power steering, you don't have anything. And, uh, and to be hours on those things is, is tough. Yeah. So In a 12 hour race, how many hours do you actually drive? So it's uh, three drivers. Per cart, and uh, and every 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 run is uh, around hour and thirty minutes, hour and forty minutes. That's which tough. in a go kart, gosh, whew. that's ridiculous. Yeah. That's like running the five hundred in a go kart. A wow. It's a lot. I mean, I have pictures and video of my hands all tore up. I mean, oh, yeah. I have to put tape, tape, yeah. and tape, and it's a maybe one of the toughest races I ever done. The first time I did it because I, w I didn't know what to expect. Right. The second time I did it, I knew and I, w I was prepared. But the first time I did it. Um, it was very, very difficult. And actually, I have a good uh, story on that. The, one of the springs of the exhaust broke, and the exhaust was hitting my seat. And, uh, mm. you know, it's a 12-hour race. And I, I was actually, 
I think it was kind of in the middle of the race, and we were in the top five. And the, the, the exhaust was hitting the seat, and I couldn't stop because if I was stopping, I was pretty much messing everything yeah. up, yeah. the whole race. So I bore my back. <laughs> I will show you guys right now, but I have a big mark like this no in my back. Yeah. My mom was my mom was not happy I about that when wasn't. I got She said, why you didn't stop? Why didn't it stop? I mean, it's, the market is going gonna, gonna to stay there forever. So every time that I see that, I remember from 2016, I think it was my first year in mom racing was, in Brazil. Mom was right. She what was happy. it? Was it stock cars in Mexico that ultimately helped you guys decide, hey, we got to make the move to America? So, you know, eventually I started racing go-karts, and then my father wanted me to, to try something bigger. What was the next step? Because he didn't have the money to to keep me in go-karts forever. Go-karts are expensive. Uh, so I started racing go-karts in the, in the US and as well in Europe. And then I got an opportunity to race Beatles uh, in, in Mexico, which it was local, the, the, big, the big series. So I went there just one year and my first year I won the championship. And after that, I remember that one race in Monterey, Mexico, where, where I'm from, was a combined race with the Beatles and NASCAR Mexico. So that race was extremely important for me because the big guys, the NASCAR people, mm -hmm. was there and I wanted them to see me. So, you know, I did well in that race and I was winning everything. I was doing very well. And, uh, and eventually, actually this is something very cool. My father didn't have the money to put me into a stalker. And all the drivers in the Beetle series, they put a little bit of money to help my father for my first race ever in a oval. Oh, wow. No so yeah, that was that was something very what cool. What year was yeah. that? That was in when you ran your first <clears throat> I was maybe 15 years old. 15, 16 years old, so it's been 10 years. Wow. Yeah. It's been 10 years of that. It was in 2008. The, wow. the, the kid that's whipping you by the way. This young hot shoe shows up, and he's so good. They go, you know what? He's he is. Good. Let's help yeah, him let's out. Help him go. That's yeah. a big deal. Yeah. We're, I want to find out more. Uh, there's so many cool <laughs> sides to you. When we get back, we're going to keep talking with Daniel Suarez. Coming up, we're going to put him on the hot seat. We know it's going to be hot in Darlington this weekend. How hot will it be when we get to ask some of our rapid fire questions? That's coming up. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Scott Dixon and Alexander Rossi continue their championship duel as IndyCar returns to the Great Northwest. Verizon IndyCar Series racing from Portland, Sunday at 3 Eastern on NBCSN. Sometimes I have those those moments when I'm like, this Wednesday show with Dale Jr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. is so much fun. And then you read the promo, and I just think, I can't believe they let us make a show. Because, by the way, they, they said, Dale, we want you to do the show every week. And he's like, cool. Can we just hang out and just talk about stuff that we want to know about? And they said, yes, sure. And here we are. Yeah, this is yeah. my favorite part of the show. We're going to do something we call rapid fire. Now, we're going to ask these questions you're going to answer, and we're going to react to them. So it's not really that rapid, but... Um, quick. Quick, quick, they're quick, short questions. Last movie you watched that made you cry? Last move? Movie. movie. I know The Lion King made you cry, but what? Can you think of another one? That one made me cry. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the this movie is uh, driven. 
driven. Yeah, driven. When when this yeah. guy is trying so hard to 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 yeah. actually mm-hmm. do the jumps and stuff, and the guys start crying. Yeah. I, I was I was excited, but actually. Actually, almost crying. Yeah. You're like, yeah. I get this. Yeah, like, yeah. I understand. Yeah. Like, go ahead. This push character it. is me. Push, push it. it. <laughs> I like that movie a lot. And the one thing you miss the most about Mexico? Family. Family, without doubt. Um, you know, family, the first one, obviously, friends, food, but, uh, but family. If, if, if you tell me, hey, there is one thing that you can bring to, to the United States, yeah. I will say my family. All right, so what are most people, what are most Americans, what are the mistake most Americans are making about eating Mexican food? Ooh, great question. <laughs> the mistake? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, is so there, is you there said, good you, you said just now that you missed the food, so yeah. there's obviously something that we don't have up here. So I want to tell you something. My mom came not too long ago, and she made tamales uh. for, my, for my team. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you know how to eat a tamale? How do I eat one? Yeah. Mm. Have you eaten one before? Yeah, I think so, yeah. So it's you have the tamale yeah. wrap, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you have the, the hot sauce. Mm-hmm. So the first time that my mom made tamales, that was last year, like four of my, of my crew, they were putting the sauce above the, uh, the oh, wrap. not on the corn husk, <laughs> guys, come on. Yeah. And, and then I was like, hey, guys, you don't do that. I mean, you have to open, that's just, that's just like a, like yeah. a protection, that's like, like a That's like putting it hot sauce on the wrapper of your so burrito yeah, would, yeah, here. Yeah, correct, correct. Like it's, it like, doesn't... it's like having a cover, uh, like, like the paper yeah. when yeah. you go to buy a, a hamburger. Yeah. Mm. It's like having the paper and you put the ketchup on top. <laughs> <laughs> so that happened last year, and then this year we went ahead and, and my mom made tamales again. And uh, one girl from the team, uh, she went like, oh, you guys have tamales. And uh, Boris, like he, he works uh, in the social media team uh, in Jogi Racing, he was prepared because he knew what happened the year <laughs> yeah. before, so he was filming. So, so he was filming this girl, uh, and <laughs> she was very nice. And my mom was telling me, Daniel, tell her to, to put the song, mm-hmm. to open it. So she, don't say anything. Just let it happen, so, Mom. So, so she, she put the sauce and everything, and then she tried oh, to eat no. it. Oh, oh no. gosh. <laughs> and then finally, I said, okay, yeah, we, we got it on the phone. We and have to finally stop say, her. Hey, you know what? I, I was feeling bad for mm-hmm. her, so I went and said, hey, this is how you do it. Do you, you <laughs> I take that off. Over here. You take that off. Yeah, but that happened. You know, I was very surprised because in Mexico, to eat a tamal is like, I can't remember when I learned to do that. I mean, since I was a kid. Yeah, always a part of your uh, life. And, and these guys, I mean, they are, they are 30, 35 years old. They don't I've never know how seen to one. Eat one. I was very surprised, and my mom was telling me, Daniel, why they don't know how to eat a tamal? I said, I don't know, mom. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought it was very funny. So we've learned uh, from other drivers in the sport uh, that have been on the show, like uh, Kyle Bush studied photography in high school. Mm. Uh, Martin Trix Jr. races these boats for world records, these little motor patrol boats he builds. Yeah. What is something that you studied in school or something that you do even today that people would be surprised to know? Ah, something I studied in school, you know. Not a lot from what, what I recall you telling me. No, I used to spend a lot of time at the shop with my father. <laughs> I can't tell you that. But, uh, but something that I had, I was, I was pretty good in, in running. I, was, I remember I used to run uh, 100 meters. And uh, 500 meters, and really? uh, yeah, hmm. I, I, I used to be a, a pretty a pretty good runner. Uh, you played sports in school. Yeah, I play I play everything actually. I play soccer for a while. I play American football for a year, but uh, but I was 
I was getting hurt very often, and my father what said... What position did you play in football? Uh, I was good running, so oh, I was always yeah. Yeah, running. Just yeah. go for it, yeah. Yeah, I was so always speaking running. speaking of that, what sport could you beat your teammate Denny Hamlin at? What sport? Yeah. Because uh, Denny loved basketball, golf, right? He's good in basketball, he's yeah. good in golf. I think everything else I can beat him. <laughs> <laughs> there's, the, there's the confidence we're looking for. Well, baseball. Baseball is something I have never tried. Mm. Oh, I have yeah. never tried baseball. Uh, but everything else, actually I played basketball for months, but soccer, I'm, I'm good. Every, I think every Mexican is good in soccer. <laughs> we play soccer a lot over there. Oh, just day one, you started yeah, to play soccer. Yeah, I was actually, I was the captain of the team in high school and, and I like soccer a lot. Uh, but I spent quite a bit of time as well running. It was. It was good, but uh, never long distance because I have flat feet and I just get sore <laughs> very quick. So I was I was made go for 100, 200, 500 meters. A question that a lot of people who follow you on social media want to know: Does your trainer actually like you? Because every <laughs> every day you taunt your trainer yeah. and tell him come on more and more, and then some days it looks like he wants to kill you. Yeah, he you know his name is Paul, but I call him Pablo. Mm. Pablo, <laughs> you know, and and he he's a great guy. Uh, I have known uh, Pablo since day one in Jolly Racing, since back in 2014. You know, really we we have made a very good uh, friendship, and uh, and he's the kind of guy that he likes to do things his way. Like, you know, Monday is an easy day, and Tuesday we're going hard, and Wednesday, you know, and I'm the kind of guy that if I'm going to, I want to go hard. I want to leave the gym out yeah. to get some food and to relax a little bit. And he, no, 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 you don't have to go hard every day. He's more smart. But I, I like to go hard. So when, when he's being smooth, I say, what's that, Pablo? That's all you got? That's it? That's all? That's it? I don't feel a thing. And then he starts pushing harder. And one day I made so much fun of him that the next day he said, be prepared. And he and actually I made a video. I was in the ground. Oh yeah, oh, he, <laughs> he, he killed me that he day. He killed me. Yeah, he's a, he's a good guy. You feel like that comes in really handy for you, like Bristol, and then this coming weekend at Darlington, hot, tough race. That's you know, I, I just I just feel like you know having someone to help you in, in workouts, riding the bicycle. I've been riding with uh, with Dale in the past. It's always good because you're just more used to. Uh, Pushing yourself, mm -hmm. and uh, and when when we are riding outside, actually we we did a ride this morning. It was pretty hot, yeah. so it was over 90 degrees outside. So you know it's always good to just get yourself out of the comfortable zone often, because every time that you are in the race car, if you are in your comfortable zone, you are not fast. Oh, you yeah. have to get out of that comfortable zone. So for me, for me, you know, it's been something that I've been. I like to do, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm the kind of guy that I like to be in shape, I like to work out, I like to look good, and, and, uh, and it's just, I guess, lifestyle, and at the same time, helps me for my racing career. So this isn't known here either, but did like, when you went to see Joe Gibbs to get a job driving, after you told the story about this go-kart and the exhaust on your back and making this play, did you like, hey, I can withstand pretty much anything, pull your shirt up and show him your scarf? He, he, he doesn't know, actually. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, he will after this. Hey, hi, Joe. Uh, yeah. Hi, Joe. How you doing? How are you, sir? But actually, that happened, I think that race is in December. So that happened 
after my first full-time season with oh, Joggy yeah. Racing. So oh. after my first time full-time in, uh, in 2015. So, so I was already on the contract <laughs> and that happened. So, yeah. We don't have to tell them everything. That's yeah, right. Right. Off yeah, time. We'll, we'll see if we can't tell a few more secrets before the show's over. Yeah, I hope so. Well, coming up, we'll look back on Daniel Suarez's journey uh, from his native Mexico to NASCAR's highest level here in the States. We'll also talk about some of Daniel's teammates at Joe Gibbs Racing. Our driver's meeting is up next. When you saw him on stage in Miami with the championship trophy, yeah. what, what did that mean? I don't believe it. And uh, this, this day is uh, the best day of my life. Daniel Suarez, he will be the first ever international champion in NASCAR. Hello, hello. Thank you guys, thank you. I can't believe it. When you were willing to sell the shop and say, yes, I believe in you, yeah. I know we can do this. What was that leap of faith like for a path that didn't exist at that time? When I, I see that Daniel uh, liked the, the, the cars and liked the, the race, I, I see in Daniel my life, right? And so, yes, uh, I, I put everything for Daniel. Uh, if it don't work, no problem. Uh, I work again for the new job. So if work, it's good, and he work. He, he say easy now. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 uh, in Mexico, and all the way up to the point to where you got your first start in NASCAR Mexico. Um, how long did you run stock cars in Mexico, and how did that first opportunity to drive a stock car, or drive a race car, in uh, the United States come about? Yeah, so I didn't race stock cars in, in Mexico for very long. Um, actually, from go cars, I went to uh, to race Beatles. That was my first time ever racing a big car. Mm -hmm. That was just one year. And then from Beatles, you know, a lot of people helped me to make the next step. And I went to race ovals uh, in a small car that it was actually four cylinders. Uh, I raced that car uh, for one year. And then that, in that point is when my father decided to sell the shop to put me in the next, in, in NASCAR, in what is now NASCAR Mexico, in the big B8 car mm -hmm. and, and, and stuff. And at the time, I wasn't thinking about the United States at all. My goal was to make it to NASCAR Mexico. That so was the goal. That was my goal. I wasn't. I didn't speak English. Yeah. I mean, I, did, I wasn't thinking about about the, the United States at all. And uh, you know, I did well in that uh, four-cylinder uh, oval series. I was winning a lot of races, and I was winning everything. I missed one race because I didn't have a sponsor. But if if it wasn't because I missed that race, I think we, we were gonna win the championship because we won the most races and everything. So that's why my father was confident and say, you know what? Let's sell the shop, let's put everything on it, and let's go to race NASCAR, Mexico. So he got two more partners, and with the money that he, he got from selling the shop, and they built a team. So we went to that team, and, uh, and I was, they had another driver, another experienced driver, 
full time and, uh, and they have me half of the season. And my father told me, that, that at the time I had a lot of pressure on myself. My father told me, hey, Daniel, this is the deal. You have 14 races in the season. You have seven races to make the big teams look at you and get you for them to drive uh, so you can move forward in your career. So in my very last race, the biggest team in Mexico that is, uh, is owned by uh, Telmex and Telcel, uh, big companies down there, uh, they called me. The very last race, because that race I won the pole. I won the pole and, uh, and we were running up front and then I got wrecked, but I was, I was running up front. So anyway, the very, in that race, the owner of that big team, he called me and uh, he, he moved somebody to the side and he put me in that car. And after that, my dad finally relaxed. And we're doing fine, we won the Rookie of the Year, and the following year, we're already winning races, and everything started to happen very quick. Like my second year, I was winning already a lot of stuff, and, and then my father, I feel like my father was relaxed. I feel like he was always used to being with a lot of pressure, you know, looking to what was next. Finally, when, when I made it to that point, I was just 18 years old. So one day, my father came to me, and he said, hey, what, what do you think is next, Daniel? I mean, you are already, you're 18 years old, you are winning races, uh, you are making a little bit of money now. Well, what is next? Have you, think, have you ever think about racing in the United States, in NASCAR? And I, the first thing I said to him, Dad, I don't even know English. I'm gonna try that. <laughs> he said, man, maybe, maybe, maybe we should start looking at that. So that, the, first, the, first, the first person that actually bring, brought that to the table was him, it wasn't mm. me. Wow. And then, and then we start doing some research, and uh, we start finding some some people to to support me to that. And my first race ever was in California, in the Toyota All Star Showdown. Yeah, yeah. a lot of cars. Yeah. Uh, my team, the one that I was racing with in Mexico, they didn't want me to race because they told me, "Danny, you don't know English. You've been racing almost for two years. Those guys they're racing the wall. You have no idea how to race in the wall." Oh, let's let's go try. My father, he, he got half of the sponsor, the team, the small team, they got the other half. We went over there to race, and uh, the first practice were like 50, second practice were like 40, third practice were like 30, we qualified uh, 12. Wow. And then everything was like boom, 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 getting better and better. And uh, we ended up in the racing 11. Hmm. Which it was, it was something that w nobody was expecting. Sure, the people in Mexico were, they were not expecting me just to make the race. Yeah, and uh, and then the guy, the, the the owner of the team was extremely excited because it was a very very small team. So he said, Daniel, I guarantee you that if you learn English, you're gonna be very very good. So I invite you to live with me in the United States so you can learn the language. I was very excited, so I went back to Mexico. I talked to my mom. And, uh, and a few months later, I moved with this guy, but I didn't know where this guy was living. I just knew that he was in the United States. I didn't know anything about Charlotte. <laughs> I didn't know anything about NASCAR. Yeah. So wow. I moved with this where guy was where was in Buffalo, New York. <laughs> so I moved with this guy, I think it was in January. So it was snowing a lot. You know, a kid from Mexico yeah. where it's warm. We yeah. don't see snow there. Yeah. They moved to New York, Buffalo, New York, in, in the winter, in mm. the winter, it was, it was tough. Bad idea. <laughs> it was a bad idea. <laughs> but it was good for me to, to learn. I, and then on that time, I started to learn that, that the base of everything was in Charlotte. I didn't know anything. Yeah. 
So I started to learn that. I spent like four months uh, over there with him. Uh, we did a few more races, and then I moved to Charlotte just to try to find new opportunities, to find to know people, to know race teams. I remember going to Yogi Racing just as a fan, yeah. going to Hendrick Motorsport just as a fan, going to Michael Water Racing just as a fan, <laughs> you know, going to all these places just as a fan, just to look around. And, um, and eventually, you know, we found some sponsors to keep racing in the K&N, and then the Drive for Diversity program came to the table, and um, we started winning races, and here we are. <laughs> so it's very obviously, very obvious that the three of us all came from a background of having very strong and successful dads in this, but our dads were successful race drivers. Your dad, what? So you basically are self-taught in, in everything, or was there someone that you leaned on to learn more about driving? Not really. I mean, every time that I was, I was coming to the U.S., I mean, in Mexico, yes, I had a lot of friends there that they, they helped me a lot, and they, they helped me a lot to, to race. But actually, those friends, a few of those, they raced here in the, in the, in the U.S. in the past like uh, Jorge Getters, uh, yep. uh, uh, Carlos Contreras. Mm -hmm. Some of these guys, they are, they are, they are good in Mexico, but they, they had their opportunity in the United States. And when I was trying to come here and I went to talk to them, they told me, all of them, they told me, Daniel, you're very young, you're very talented, you're doing very well in Mexico, don't waste your time. Don't waste your time going to the United States really? because the opportunity is not there. You, you are gonna waste your time. But my dad told me, he said, Daniel, you're 18. Go out there, try. If it doesn't work, you are winning everything in Mexico. Mm -hmm. you, can, you can always come back. Yeah. And then when I moved here and things started to work out, all these friends, because they're friends, they were trying to help me. They said, Daniel, I'm glad that you didn't listen to us. <laughs> because, and the one that I listened was my father, and he didn't know anything. He was just wide open trying to make something happen. And, and that's the way that he is. Sometimes he makes a lot of mistakes because of that, but Luckily, in racing, it worked out. Which was harder, learning to drive the cars or learning English? The first two years, I wasn't thinking about learning how to drive. I was just thinking to learn the language because I couldn't communicate with anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in 2011 and 12, uh, my homework every day was to, to read magazines, racing magazines, and uh, to watch movies with subtitles in English and on English as well. Like the, the, Everything wow. was in English, yeah. just to try to get some, and as well, actually, cartoons, because uh, somebody told me in Mexico, say, hey, uh, the way that kids learn to speak, doesn't matter what language it is, is, you know, just listening to TV, cartoons, yeah. and stuff, and, and they speak more slow, and yeah. that's how, that, that's why they make cartoons, just to learn. How different is the terminology, as far as we talk about, you know, cars being tight and loose, and there's other things that we say. What's the ter what's the, the difference in the terminology between you know United States and Mexico is even in the NASCAR Mexico series is it pretty much the same? It's similar. For example, the first couple of years that I came here to the U.S., you know, my I was racing almost for two years, yeah. and everything else was karting mm -hmm. in Europe and, and and the United States. So for me, when when the car was tight, I was under steer. Yeah. <laughs> I was saying, no, the car is under. I got under under steer. And when the car was loose, I was saying, hey, I have over steer. But that was it. Like, the first thing that I learned when I moved here was tight and loose. Right. But that mm -hmm. was it. Every time that my car was doing something, I was telling my cruise ship, tight, there, tight. And then, and then after that, that, this was a big deal, like entry, center, and exit. Yeah. Tight here, loose here. 
that was it. I mean, no, no more explanation, no more feel soft, is hitting the racetrack, any of that. That was tight, loose, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. I mean, I, that's why it was so important for me to learn the language, because in one point, a good friend of mine that was here, he, he was, he's from Mexico and he was living here, he told me, Daniel, you have to focus very, very hard to learn the language because I can see that you know how to drive, but I can see that you can lose your career here in the US because you can communicate. Yeah. And that point when he told me that, I, I say to myself, there's no way I'm gonna lose my opportunity because the English. So yeah. I'm gonna make this work somehow. I think it's awesome, man. I think people are learning just how hard you work to to get to where you are. We're going to learn even more about Daniel coming up. He has answered all of your questions. Now it's time. Now it's your turn. Fan questions are straight ahead when we come back. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Oh, I missed you guys. I was on the chair back. right over there. It was crazy. Yeah, nice nap, right? Right, it was really good. Hanging <laughs> with Tyler. Uh, so now it's time for fan questions. Thank you guys. So many people sending great questions. Let's start. Steve Weber said, do you think NASCAR is making a big mistake by making the untried and untested in action, the Roval, part of the playoff? Uh, what do you think? Are you excited about the Roval? You know, I'm, I'm excited because it's going to be something different. You know, I went there to test already. And I can tell you, it's, it's tough. Mm-hmm. Doing laps by yourself is tough. I think doing laps with 40 cars is going to be pretty tough. Huh. But it's going to take a lot of discipline and a lot of patience, too. I feel like it's going to be one of those races that uh, you will have to survive. That's going to be the key. Yeah. You have to finish the race. Uh, and if you can do that, you're going to be in a good spot by the end of the race. Uh, but I think, you know, it, it just anything can happen. But uh, Hopefully, hopefully we can be in, in the good in the good side of yeah. things uh, by the second. You'd half. definitely be one of my favorites for for knowing your skill set and and how much you've learned here and and in the stock cars. That kind of it's almost a perfect combination for you. It's a little bit of everything. It's a little bit of everything, but I would call it you know it's it's a robo. Mm-hmm. It's that's the name. <laughs> but I don't I don't. I don't care about the oval part because yeah. you cannot do anything in that part. I mean, right. you are just pretty much mm. getting up to speed or slowing down. Yeah, yeah. You have to focus in road course. Oh, uh, yeah, somebody yeah. was asking me, hey, are you guys gonna have like half road course set up and half oval? Don't care about oval. I yeah. mean, full road course. You have to be fast in everything else yeah. and the oval just, you know, figure it out. Yeah. All right, James wanna know, how do you pronounce slide job in Espanol. <laughs> Remember hearing that in <laughs> yeah, Chicago? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That, that war is famous even in Mexico right oh, now. Right. <laughs> You're huge, man. You're going everywhere. Slide job. Um, Como se dice slide job in Espanol? That means Trabajo de deslizamiento. Okay, one more time. Trabajo, that means job. Yeah, yeah job. And then slide is deslizar, deslizamiento. Trabajo de deslizamiento. Uh, Spanish is complicated. It is. I'm so glad. Yeah, I'm see. so glad that I came to this country to learn English because if, if I was if it was opposite, like if I was living here and then I was moving to Mexico to learn Spanish, mm. I think I was down, man. Right? <laughs> I think I was it's down. hard. 
It's I learned with your mom and your I, sisters. Like, I took French in tamales. high school and thought I made a mistake because I did so poorly in it because there was Spanish, but it seems like I probably would have done equally as you bad in whatever one. path yeah. you chose. Yeah. yeah, I told you guys 45 years ago is when I took Spanish, so I don't remember. <laughs> it's long. You were like, I'm Dale. I'm here for my requirement. Hello. <laughs> yeah. How are you doing? Uh, Roomba wanted to know, would you ever consider running a Herbie the Love Bug paint scheme? I don't know. Was Herbie a movie? Were the Herbie series something that you guys watched as a kid? Oh, for sure, man. Because you had like Herbie Goes Bananas. Sure. Look, actually, one, yeah. that car, that car is one of the cars that they use in the movie. Obviously, they oh, use fully several. loaded. Yeah, of that's course. You got yeah, passed by Lindsay Lohan. I'm yeah. sorry about that, but it was worth it. Yes. Yeah, and that was before she was. I that was crazy. a big fan of the original. Yeah, yeah, the big, yeah. the big, the first movie. The first one. So look, look. Just, that whale just listen to there. that motor. I mean, that thing has big wear. I mean, that thing is that's big. A, that's a 2200cc yeah. back there. Yeah, it, it, was, it was fun to ride that thing. It was like a dream for me because I really am a big fan of that movie. Yeah. And then when my friend, uh, Josh, that uh, he works in the in the auto club, uh, Speedway in California, he told me, hey, we're going to have one of the Beatles that they use in the movie. <laughs> I said, man, sign me up. I need to do a little lap on that thing. <laughs> He said, man, I want to make it happen. So he did it. He was <laughs> Herbie Goes Bananas or Herbie the Love Bug, which is better? Did you see that? No, Bananas? Bananas? Yeah, you remember that, that one? That was, I think that's when Herbie went to Mexico. And little boy kept calling him Ocho. Ocho, Ocho, you remember? Oh, there was a... Because the uh, number was, was 53. There was a second movie, wasn't there? There's 53 on the door. Five and three oh, is eight. Ocho, Ocho. So he just kept calling him Ocho the whole time. <laughs> and now I've gone in. I have the whole series, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Herbie, the Monte Carlo. Hey, coming up, uh, it's, it's going to be a huge weekend in Darlington. Uh, this stuff makes me wonder what the fans in Darlington are going to ask our crew on Fan Friday, especially since we're going to have Kyle Busch Joey Logano and David Reagan with us. Be sure to tune in Friday at 5 Eastern for that. And if you want to know what it feels like to be at Darlington, crank your heat up. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> now, coming up, we are just days away from throwback weekend at Darlington. However, some drivers have already begun to take a walk down memory lane. Find out who in today's social pit stop when Wednesdays with Dale Jr. return. Raceway like it's supposed to be. Somebody's got to give, getting into turn one. They both, Bush crushes the wall. They bounce off each other. Craven has the lead. Bush back underneath, regains the top spot. Oh, baby, I'm telling you, Kurt Bush is not going to give up the win. Ricky Craven in hot pursuit, pedal to the metal. Craven has another shot, but only one. Bush, Craven, nose to tail. Here comes Craven down to the bottom, trying to hang on. Both cars are loose in four. It's going to be a drag race. Oh. They touch, they touch. I didn't give him one, room in one, and he didn't give me room out of four. It's the way it's supposed to be. I mean, this was some hard fall racing. You know, I've done this for over 20 years, and as a racer, that's it. you dream of that. It is absolutely the most fun I've ever had. Man, that's an awesome finish. And it? time for the social pit stop. Check it out. Here's Kurt Busch from this angle. Well, maybe. Still love this, man. What a, what a great finish as he's getting excited looking back. Uh, towards Darlington there with Ricky Craven. Couldn't have been a better finish, Dale. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. I mean, you know, we've seen a lot of great races and finishes there because it, it never uh, disappoints you. But that that race was just amazing. You can just watch that every day. Yeah. Take a look at this one. This might be a little bit familiar. 
<laughs> Who's that? Oh my gosh, look at that mustache. That's Dale Jarrett. Always oh. love the throwback weekend. It was Denny Hamlin. With Denny Hamlin. You know what, Dale? This is why your social media is so award-winning. Yeah. I would have loved to have known what product that was you were using in your hair. Was that a mousse? I don't remember. Kind of a time in your it's been life? too long ago. Shout out the but shirt. <laughs> I mean, amazing. Well, Denny yeah. with the Dare shirt. And look at you. Stole well, that shirt like from Dale Jarrett's shirt. Yeah, look at it. Look like it. <laughs> he stole that from, uh, from Bill Cosby. Coming up, it's time to give some shout-outs. You don't want to miss it. It was crazy. We had the car all semester long when we could find a parking spot, you know, and um, just all the sponsors have put everything into this. I mean, Quizlet, Netflix, Chegg, Rate My Professor, uh, Dunkin' Donuts, Monster Energy. I mean, Credit One Bank, of course, everyone who puts so much into this. I mean, it's just, I mean, what a victory. We're out here and now we're just trying to find a job. You know, that that's the next goal. Well, this is him. I got a shout out for Elijah Burke today. He is playing the piano for us and he's going to play the NASCAR America theme music. Really? So check this out. This guy's amazing. In his own video, he ended up with a job in NASCAR. This guy's unbelievable. Dale. Pretty, pretty incredible. Do you do you want to give a shout-out? I am going to give a shout-out. How about uh, we go to the Brickyard, where we'll be shortly. But inside now, I said at the Brickyard, there's a dirt track now. This is Sarah Fisher taking some laps. Wow. This is over around turn three in the infield at uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway. How that, cool is that? That's going to be awesome. I'm going to get back in that creek on the golf course and find some more bricks. <laughs> uh, I want to give a shout-out to Caleb Hammond. You know, he's a, a little boy that everybody's been sending stickers to. Uh, also, Dylan Bowery, he was the official, he was the honorary race official at Road America last week, and he had an amazing time, sent us tons of pictures, uh, and Dylan, we are so glad that you're a fan of this sport, buddy. Uh, everybody said you did an awesome job, so thank you for watching. Uh, we appreciate you being out there. Look at that, with your driver, the winner. Yeah. Thank you, Justin Allgaard. I tell you what. Horse ace there. Hell of a road racer. My <laughs> man, putting it together. Hey, and you know what, Daniel, on shout outs, can I help you out with one? Yeah, let's do it. Is this your first time? Uh, Daniel Suarez wants to give a shout out to his new girlfriend, wherever you are. Holler at your boy. All right, hey, that's going to do it for us for Wednesdays. Dale Jr., big thanks to Daniel Suarez. We will see you at Darlington this weekend. Stay tuned, KN Racing's coming up. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help Dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power Dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability.